0: thing we have to fear is fear itself and so my fellow Americans ask not what your country can do for you ask what you can do for your country we are fortunate to be alive at this moment in history
2: I can hear you
3: people who knock these buildings
2: down will hear all of us soon the truth is plain to see if you want freedom take pride in your country if you want democracy hold on to your sovereignty
0: time for the pro america report with ed martin of the answer san diego
1: welcome 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 ed martin here on the pro america report and it is important for you to listen today i've got something very important to tell you and so i'm looking forward to that i um, so glad you're here we have another great program uh, we will talk with dr brett m decker in just a few minutes we'll also talk i hope with my friend kimberly fletcher who is an organizer? She organizes moms mostly and uh, gets people motivated in the right direction. She's an impressive, impressive organizer. We'll talk with her about an effort for moms to get their voices heard in the coming uh, weeks and, um, uh, and the coming, um, months, um, excuse me, coming weeks, especially in this election, building on what's been going on for months. Uh, Sorry, I'm looking at my notes from that. All right, well, welcome. Again, Ed Martin. Don't forget, go to ProAmericaReport.com. ProAmericaReport.com. Get signed up for the Daily Wink every day. I post over there. Also, you can go on Twitter, at Eagle Ed Martin. I do two posts a day now. Uh, One at uh, 9.45 a.m. East Coast time, so 6.45 in the morning if you're waking up uh, in San Diego, or also in the afternoon noon at eleven excuse me at two p m east Coast time eleven am in San Diego you can get that, either one of those uh, those two winks one 's called wink in the morning and one 's called what you Need to Know both on Periscope at eagle ed martin okay here 's what I wanted to tell you it's very important that we spend some time on this subject. I, I am hearing from more and more folks one week from the election who are worried about Exactly what is happening in uh, the polls and in the states and they're just worried they've been watching and listening to the fake news too long and and they don't recognize that they are being sort of brainwashed into submission and to thinking that they can't this election can't be won so let me let me break some things down for you. First of all, remember in 2016, the polls were all wrong. And in 2016, I often tell the story, I was doing interviews on behalf of President Trump on Election Day 2016. And someone asked me, hey, can you please tell me, how is your guy have any chance? He's going to lose the biggest landslide ever. You really are silly to think he can win. Hillary Clinton's going to be president. And I said, I know Missouri better than anywhere. And Missouri was going uh, with all the polling, including the final day's poll. uh, It was probably two days before the poll, the weekend before, had Donald Trump winning by four percentage points. He won by 19 points. So the polls were off by just under 15 percent. 15 percent were not being polled correctly for whatever reason. Now, back then, if you said you were for Trump, some people were mad at you. Some people were mad, mostly some conservatives who thought that we should have backed a more conventionally conservative candidate like Ted Cruz or someone, and therefore they were mad. But most people thought, if you were a Trump supporter, that you were just kind of silly. They thought, oh, man, you got hoodwinked by the the carnival salesman, the carnival showman from New York City. You got hoodwinked. He's going to lose and you're going to be embarrassed. Four years later, if you say you're for Trump, I bet a third of the country has been conditioned by the fake news to say to themselves or to you you're a racist, you're a bigot, you're a nasty person. If you say you support Trump in this environment, uh, about a third of the country will think ill of you. Now, a third will love you because they're MAGA, and the other third's in the middle being quiet, but but two-thirds of the country will stay quiet. If you ask them who they're for, they won't say it. A third is so rabidly anti-Trump, they'll just say that to you. And here's my point on this. In 2020... It's not considered kind of funny or foolish or cute to back Trump. It's considered by a lot of the country, a third maybe, to be really unpleasant. And so nobody tells the truth. I think the polls are actually off more than they've ever been off. And here's what you need to know. When the polls are pounding a message that Biden's going to win, Biden's going to win, it has an effect on people. And even I got some reports, I didn't hear his program today, but I got some reports that Rush Limbaugh on his program today was kind of down in the dumps. He thought the election was slipping away and, and then therefore the nation was slipping away. And my answer to that is poor Rush Limbaugh, who I love, is suffering from a disease and he's dying this is very sad, but I think he's, you know, he's seeing things through his own glasses, his own colored glasses, because I, I see the opposite. And let me tell you the, the, the many, many categories of which I see huge success and the factors that are not just going in Trump's favor, but they're growing in Trump's favor. For example, when a candidate, especially an incumbent, has no primary opponent, it's a huge boost In other words, if you have a primary opponent, it can be really unpleasant. You know, think of Jimmy Carter. You think of H.W. Bush. You know, that can really be a drag on the ability to win. Donald Trump not only didn't have a, a, a primary opponent of any substance and they all dropped out. He's winning the Republican Party by 97. 97% of the Republicans are behind him. That's the high, one of the highest numbers you've ever seen. The only people against him are these Lincoln Project people, these net professional never-Trumpers, who are really more liberals, more uh, rhinos. You know, they're not really Republican on some key issues than anything else. But out in the country, regular Republicans are voting for Trump in higher numbers than ever before. And... Joe Biden's enthusiasm amongst his Democrat Party is like in the 70s. Now, that doesn't mean much to you, but for a campaign, you know it means something because you got to get out all your people. And if you've got 23 percent, which is what they say about Biden, of the Democrats who are not supporting him, either because they're Sanders people or they're more conservative or I don't know what, that's a huge problem. Here's another factor. You, You talk about campaigns, you say, well, Trump is growing in his voter contact. What does that mean? Direct mail, digital ads, and especially door knocking, rallies that are huge. You start to see all this enthusiasm in one direction. And again, not just in the country, not nationally, but in the key places. You're seeing the energy in Pennsylvania and Florida Then you go to the next category. Donald Trump is winning uh, uh, voters, so-called new voters to a Republican, African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, Indian-Americans, Jewish-Americans, and he's winning them in bigger numbers than Republicans have. Still not winning Hispanic-Americans, but doing better than he has. Similar thing on the uh, on the um, um, uh, voter registration, voter registration in the key states, Pennsylvania, Florida, other places has been not just robust. It's been beating the Democrats. So then you look over at Biden and you say, what's he got on the side? Well, fake polls and truly raised a bunch of money. Other than that, he's got nothing on his side. He does. Oh, here's another one. Trump's got surrogates all over the country. Mike Pence for one. Rick Grinnell. The Trump kids. You know all these different people. Who have you heard that Biden's got out stumping for him? Recently, Obama down into Florida. Recently, Obama. I think up into Pennsylvania. So what does that show? A lot of energy. Does that show? It doesn't look like somebody, by the way, who's growing the map. And and I, I, everything I'm told is Florida's in the in the bag for Trump, which means it really comes down to Pennsylvania. Because if Donald Trump wins Florida and Pennsylvania, the game is over. And so, the, but my point here is back to the categories that are in Trump's favor. Every single one is surging in his direction. Here's another one: Donald Trump's energy is on display every day now. And he's building on his debate uh, 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 sort of uh, persona where he's not quite as, uh, I mean, he's more happy warrior. Someone used that term. He's happy warrior. Here's another one. Amy Coney Barrett. When she stood at the White House and was sworn in by Clarence Thomas, and she looks like this beautiful 48-year-old mother, genius lawyer with her husband and the kids, the kids weren't there, but the kids, the images in people's heads, you you have an image of Of a successful American woman being promoted to the highest levels, that has an impact on people and voters and others writ large you can 't categorize it you know it 's not like one million suburban women watched that and saw it, but in general, you see that you sort of see the net effect. The Wall Street Journal had Amy Coney Barrett on the cover of the of the paper. You know all these kinds of categories that go in the right direction make a big difference for. Uh, what, you know, what you expect to see the momentum to be, the momentum to be. That's the thing. It's, that's the difference here, as I'm pointing out, is we're a week from the election. And when people are saying, oh, the polls, oh, and that's another one. The polls are tightening. I told you a month ago, watch the polls tighten because the pollsters need to get within the margin of error so they can claim, well, we were in the margin of error and they can't, they don't want to be washed out. They'll never get a job again. So one after another, one after another, you have these categories that are going in the direction of the uh, of the president. And um, here's one caveat I will tell you. I do think that the drain the swamp Uh, instinct is so strong in people right now uh, that people like um, McSally, Senator McSally in in Arizona, she's in office, Republican. She doesn't seem to be getting much momentum. Um, You know, maybe uh, Cory Gardner. Even Republicans that are in office, I mean, Republicans in office are paying a price for Drain the Swamp also, Uh, but so is Senator Peters in Michigan, who is going to lose. Senator Shaheen in New Hampshire who's on the ropes. Senator Smith in Minnesota, who's on the ropes. I mean, these if you're in office, you're going to pay a price, but not Trump, because the person who is um, the person who is the swamp in the presidential matchup is the uh, is the Biden, forty-seven years in office, and uh, and so I think you're going to see the president maybe outperform incumbent Republicans who are uh, down ballot from him, but he will and so, but he will drag with him challenger Republicans in states like New Hampshire and Michigan and other places that's my instinct on how that plays out so there you have it that's what you need to watch and what you need to know do not despair do not despair all is well it's going to turn out fine and uh, we'll be right back we got a lot more Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report back in a moment Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We're getting to John Schlafly now. The Schlafly Report this week, the column is hot hot off the presses. It uh, appears over at townhall.com and available. All of John and Andy Schlafly's weekly Schlafly Report columns are available at phyllisschlafly.com. They're continuing the longstanding tradition of Phyllis Schlafly, the late Phyllis Schlafly, who wrote a weekly column for decades and decades. This week's column is called Low Energy Joe's Dark Winter. Uh, so first, welcome uh, John Schlafly. How are you today?
2: Thank you, Ed. How are you today?
1: I'm doing fine. I feel like um, you and I have talked off the air, and I feel like I'm my, I need to buck you up always and keep you uh, excited. But this column, it seems to look uh, pretty, you look like you've turned the corner here. You are recognizing that Joe Biden is in this kind of Biden fade, I call it, just kind of fading um, and low energy Joe. The only, the only thing I wonder, and you probably do too, did a bunch of people vote before they really saw how much he was fading? You know, the early voting does have that, um, you know, terrible impact. You could vote three or four weeks before you realize certain things about the candidate because they speak publicly. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I don't think you mentioned it in the column. But, um, John, um, do you think the public is able to see what you see in this column?
2: Well, Ed, I think uh, there was some fallout from the second and final debate. Uh, you know, you're know, we're never quite sure until it happens what comments from the debate might have legs in this case. I do think that it's uh, Biden's comments about energy and the energy industry and uh, fracking and, uh, uh, you know, shutting down our energy, energy uh, do are resonating. And, uh, of course, Trump uh, is doing his best to remind voters of what Biden said. And uh, Trump tried to deny that he'd ever called for banning fracking, which is where
1: so much. Bi- of our, uh, Biden. Bi- Bi- the, Bi- yeah. You said Trump. Biden, you mean Biden? Tried. Well, Biden, Biden tried to deny. Yeah.
2: But yeah. Biden tried to deny, and Trump, and, and and demanded that, said if you, you know, if you have the tape, show it on your website. Well, Trump <laughs> is doing exactly yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. and well, Trump even is picking up on Trump uh, Biden's comment about the dark winter. Now, Biden. Said We're coming into a dark winter. He was talking about the coronavirus. We're going to have a relapse as a nation. But truly, the dark winter is going to be the impending demise of our energy industry, which is one of the great things of the Trump administration, that we finally achieved energy independence for the United States, which many people over the last 50 years says was, would not even be possible. So it was not only possible, it happened. Uh, Mm. That We're not dependent anymore uh, for the United States on energy from unstable and dangerous parts of the world that we have to go to war every so often to uh, enforce order over there, which is a never-ending task. So we can basically cut off the Middle East uh, because we've got enough energy produced here at home. But Biden wants to shut it all down through uh, what he calls net zero. You know, he said net zero, net zero. That means net zero carbon uh, energy. And net zero means net zero energy, basically.
1: So, John, the question I have for you, we're talking about
2: adequate replacement for carbon based fuels in our energy. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, and and uh, we're talking with John Chilafly, and, and the flip side of what you said is uh, President Trump said, uh, "We'll make us energy independent, and we'll we'll do everything we can to use everything we have, so we're not dependent on anybody else, and we're not being held hostage, literally from the old days." And but he and he did that as a promise made, promise kept. But here's the trick, John, politically. Uh, so we have gas prices really low, fuel prices really low, so business is able to make it in America. All these kinds of things happening, but it's it's the opposite that sometimes makes voters move right when they when gas prices go through the roof or there's uh, lines for gasoline or the cost of goods go up because of of bad economy in some ways Trump is being penalized even in this pandemic you know sort of slowdown by the fact that you know a gasoline is so cheap uh, families and businesses are are, are, are are enjoying it and 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 people tend to vote pain so can you make Make it clear, uh, by the way, the same thing. In 2016, Donald Trump said, I'll bring back the jobs you had, and uh, and he did that. And people said, man, we lost all these jobs. Someone wants to bring them back. We'll try that. Now, you know, can, can you make an argument that guy over there would take them away? I know he said it, but the thing is, can you get voters to move on that?
2: Well, uh, getting voters to move is always a challenge because, uh, you know, there are many uh... different influences on the voters obviously uh, and but uh... uh of course we're, we are all all americans are energy consumers but uh... a substantial part of our economy tens of millions of people are involved in the production and distribution of energy and i think those people and their families uh... know that energy basically is what makes america go it's what makes our american way of life possible now, uh, some in the energy industry are hurting, frankly, because just because of just what you said. Prices are so low. Uh, they're not earning, uh, some of them are not earning what they expected to earn a few years ago when the industry was riding high. But uh, then they're faced with Joe Biden, who's basically saying that he's going to put them out of business through the slogan he calls net zero. He says he's not going to ban fracking, but net zero would do that uh, because fracking or or fracturing <laughs> is the correct term um, is uh, is the production of carbon-based fuels, oil and gas, uh, and that is what we what's so essential to our industry, to the production of many uh, products. And to making everything go, um, mm-hmm. So one of the reason fuel prices are down is so many people are staying at home. They're not traveling. they're not uh, they're not flying. Uh, mm-hmm. So the demand is low. But uh, that's starting to come back. It was announced today that the airline industry had more advanced bookings now than they've had since March. So that's a good sign. And uh, Mm -hmm. that, you know, as Trump says, this is not going to be a dark winter. No, this is going to be a bright winter and an even brighter spring if Trump is Uh, reelected. But if Sleepy Joe gets in there, frankly, you know, it's going to we're all going to have to put on our, you know, our long underwear (laughs) and settle in for a long (laughs) winter's nap, Uh, to quote the famous poet.
1: <laughs> I thought you were going to say a cardigan like Jimmy Carter. I think I, I, I like the Long John's reference. Uh, John, uh, we're talking with John Schlafly in the column uh, again. The Schlafly Report posts over at Townhall dot com, and also available at uh, Philischlafly dot com when it's archived there. Um, and the title of this one is "Low Energy Joe's Dark Winter." John, a little transition though. Um, you're observing in here uh, about what Trump, uh, what Biden said, and how Trump is driving that message home, and how it will impact uh, voters. So one of the things that Trump is doing so well is is getting the earned media and traveling, you know, four times a day to different cities and all. What's your opinion of the Hunter Biden story, the emails? Now there's an audio tape of him talking about his dad. I mean, it's difficult. And I think it's difficult for some Americans to blame a family when one child sort of seems a little troubled or maybe a lot troubled. And yet this is connecting to like China, to to the Ukraine, to Russia. And it's really not being covered at all. Um, you know, how what, what's your thoughts on where we are with this? Well, as
2: th- It's a good point, Ed, that uh, most of our presidents have had a black sheep in the family. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, the issue of Hunter Biden is not due to his, uh, well, shall we say, the bad choices that he made in his life in terms of, uh, you know, getting booted out of the military, you know, his uh, drug use, his, um, you know, sexual misbehavior and all of that. No, we're not blaming... Papa Joe, Sleepy Joe, for that. We're blaming, uh, I think, fairly blaming uh, Joe Biden for the fact that he, uh, with his knowledge, is the Biden family was running an influence peddling scheme to exploit uh, Joe Biden's position as a U.S. Senator and as Vice President, and other family members were doing their part. To um, bring millions of dollars into the family that they never could have earned on their own you know, with these foreign deals, whether it's in the Ukraine or China, and the head of the family needs to take ownership of that, and he needs to respond to questions about that, which he has refused to do
1: mm-hmm. um it is it, the problem though is um, it's time is time is uh, passing right um, and um I think the uh, um, I wonder, you know, I wonder if you can if anything can be changed in this that list this late date. Well,
2: um, as your listeners know, the, the mainstream media is not covering it. and Unless you're listening to this, cha- this program, this channel or the Fox News uh, channel, you probably don't know even what we're talking about. Um, and that's the unfortunately, that's the world we live in that the message is not getting out to the majority of uh, voters.
1: Right. Right, yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. All right, John Schlafly, we'll push people over. This week's column, again, is uh, at townhall.com and is also available. We always archive them over at Uh Thank you, John, as always, uh, for your time and for the writing. And we'll see what, a week from now. Again, the title of this column is Low Energy Joe's Dark Winter. And a week from uh, a week from today, the um, it'll be Election Day. So we'll talk then, John. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report, uh, back in a moment. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Our old friend, Dr. Brett M. Decker, New York Times bestselling author. Dr. Decker was a journalist in the Far East for the Wall Street Journal and also an editorial page editor at the Washington Times. He now serves on the editorial advisory board of the USA Today and is a professor at Defiance College. Welcome back, Dr. Decker. How are you?
3: good good How, how's it going I mean, it's you know it's a grey day here uh yeah sort of looking like we're ready for november but you know since i lived in england they're grey every single day of the year so it <laughs> kind of feels feels like revisiting well, my you, years. Got you, you-
1: you, you're back and you're in a heartland there Ohio and you're a Michigan boy you got your football back at least big Ten football is playing again so you can uh, you can worry about uh, you know uh, Michigan or Sparty or whatever Ohio state the Ohio State University so there's a lot more uh, joy in uh, in in the center of the country except for Penn State which somehow was able to blow a, a game this week in Indiana but dr. Decker you know last night um, Amy Coney Barrett is confirmed and sworn in on the Supreme Court um, you know Donald Trump say what you you want guy runs for president wins um he gets hit with covid as a you know pandemic but he's got three supreme court justices in one first term it's pretty extraordinary and they're all pretty darn good well and i say the one thing that the
3: the president i mean definitely deserves credit for you know if kavanaugh um, and gorsuch go wobbly everyone's fault it's not his fault he went to conservative you know he's the best president yeah. in our lifetime on trying to do uh, on on trying to do what he said he would do for the people who elected him. Right. right, he went to the Federalist Society, Heritage, all the conservative groups, and said, "Who should I put on there? You guys put me in office. I want to honor my commitments." And I tell you, he's really he's he's really tried as hard as anyone I've ever seen in office do that, and I think it's pretty admirable.
1: You know, uh, I saw the New York Times. They were stunned last night. Uh, they said Amy Coney Barrett, she could start work at the Supreme Court as soon as Tuesday. Well, of course, she's going to get sworn in on, uh, on on Monday. I mean, she she was the New York Times was covering. She's going to get sworn. She got sworn in. She's going to go to work. And here's here's what I think people don't understand. Um. There'll be at least one or two or three or four, could be five, maybe more, challenges that go directly to the Supreme Court as it you know, related to the election, including in Pennsylvania. Last week, the uh, Supreme Court declined by a 4-4 vote to take up a case that had been, uh, that had been in, at the Pennsylvania federal court where an Obama judge had said, "Oh yeah, whenever people get their ballots in by November 10th, 12th, well, no big deal. And the Republican students said, hold on, you got to at least have them in or postmarked by the election day. So they could, she could take that up. She could take up cases. You remember, uh, Bush v. Gore was decided by the Supreme It was the Supreme Court that ultimately cut that off. So it's a huge success that he did it. And I think, Dr. Decker, you're a keen observer of these people. Uh, a great success for Mitch McConnell in the Senate. You have to give them credit where it's due.
3: You know, I think Mitch is just tired of dealing with the left, thinking that Republicans have to play by different rules, like okay, a a Republican president should only nominate someone for the Supreme Court for three years. If it's an election year, he's not president for four. You know, if a Supreme Court nominee is, is confirmed and is a justice, she shouldn't take her seat until after the election. I mean, craziness. You know, Pennsylvania, they had two crazy judgments there. One is you mentioned that there doesn't have to be a postmark on an absentee ballot so you actually don't have to vote by election day the the other one which was which was even crazier was saying that if the signature on the ballot doesn't match the signature um the name of the person it was sent to it can still be called ballot so i mean the 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 trans they're, they're they're so brazen and not worried about trying to cheat it's 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 pretty amazing
1: yeah, now um, we're talking with Dr. Brett M. Decker, New York Times bestselling author, and Dr. Decker uh, teaches, of course, in the. Do you teach in the School of Business at Defiance College, or do you just teach business courses among other things? What I, I want to say, it it, right?
3: It's it's a business business department. You know, if okay. we uh, and, you know <laughs> we have we have plans for a business empire, school. You know, create our own school. But
1: <laughs> we'll get there. There you go. There you go. Um, so, it is um, you watch the economy, and uh, you know, yesterday it was down. I don't know, six hundred points. And uh, your 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 assessment is, people are starting. Uh, Wall Street is thinking Biden's going to win. I think Wall Street is getting nervous, and you know, a lot of big
3: business is supporting Democrats, gives money to Democrats. But I think one thing that's making Wall Street very nervous is Biden talking about rolling back and getting rid of oil, getting rid of fossil fuels. To say that in a debate is really shocking. That makes Wall Street very nervous because, right, a twenty trillion dollar economy needs needs reliable energy, and so I think that's one thing you're seeing affect the market is. They're looking at the numbers, thinking Biden might get in and, wow, he really has these terrible plans for the economy. But I think the other thing is coronavirus, or at least the perception of it, it's hammering Europe really hard right now. It's hacking this second or third wave or whatever wave it is. And I think, um, real or not, it's going to damage the European economy and right, we're all connected at the hip. So I think Wall Street's also worried about what's going on in Europe.
1: I wondered about that because uh, you're right it is I had we over the weekend I had a friend of mine whose family still lives in Italy and he said they're back um, and, and lo and behold I noticed they were putting you know uh, pretty strict curfews in uh, in Rome and uh, and rolling things back all right uh, Dr. Decker what what why haven't we heard anything about the BLM Antifa in the last two weeks it's almost like they knew to be rioting was bad for Joe Biden and so they went silent am I reading that wrong
3: right i think they know right the one thing you're going to do if you want to get a bunch of people out or especially these these suburban moms that polling has shown Mm -hmm. aren't going as strongly for trump this time well they don't want people burning down neighborhoods and and burning down america Um, and i think the other thing is it wasn't even helping with the african-american vote if you look at how solid trump's uh, black vote. It's anywhere between 30 and 40 percent uh, for the last few months. So I think it doesn't help with suburban voters, suburban women voters, doesn't even help with black voters. You know, time to time to call off the, uh, the mob at yeah.
1: least <laughs> yeah.
3: until they know what's going <laughs> to happen on Election Day.
1: Yeah. Um, hey, uh, let me just to one more topic. We're talking with Dr. Decker, who, is, as I mentioned, is now a professor, but has uh, made a, made a, uh, a large part of his career as a journalist and as a writer. Glenn Greenwald, who's over at the Intercept, you know, the sort of a character on the sort of I don't know what the libertarian, the left sort of, and and the Snowden left or something. But he did write a piece or write a description about um, the Washington Post in a Washington Post op ed. The following quote was written by the op ed writer for the Washington Post, Thomas Ridd And it was this sentence. We must treat the Hunter Biden leaks as if they were a foreign intelligence operation, even if they probably aren't. That's the Washington Post. And Glenn Greenwald's point is this is insanity. I mean, the U.S. media is just totally in the tank. Now, you've observed the media for a long time and you've described when they've gone up or down or in in between. This Hunter Biden thing, they're not even covering the news in it, let alone covering the whole thing. It's extraordinary to watch, isn't it? It is, and if
3: you look at people like Jake Tapper, just having meltdowns, and and right, right, they're just directly lying about this, being like, you know, Russian interference, and and the amazing thing is they don't even have the honesty, right? There, sh- the, the person with correct connections to Russia and the Ukraine and China, they're affecting elections. They're Democrats and Biden, right? The Biden family taking money from all these countries that they said, uh, you know, Trump was trying to help. Uh, get to intervene in the last election so it's just amazing you know it's the one thing that clinton's taught democrats and democrats know now is charge the other side with what you're guilty of and the media will just go with the story no matter how bogus it is and that's what you see happening you know the last four years that's what's been going on is uh hillary and the democrats were guilty of something they point the finger at trump who wasn't but the media just you know, plays from the Democrat song sheet, and I, it, it's very dangerous. I don't know how the media comes back from the last few years, actually.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, but uh, one last thing: we're talking to Dr. Uh, Brett M. Decker, and and the, one of the only details that I thought about this campaign that is in uh, Biden's favor is um, he's been raising a boatload of money, and then lo and behold, the New York Times of all people does a does a graphic, and they show that almost all of his money comes from northeast and california right where you'd think it would you know la and uh and san francisco and the northeast around new york to boston the corridor the what is it called the cella corridor corridor or whatever that's where biden's getting all his money he's raising a total load of money the rest of the country is trump country i guess my question is is it enough to win on election day for biden do you have any real sense that the that this election could go to biden
3: you know the one thing i like about the fundraising numbers is that does to a certain degree, um, represent where your base is. So, if regular guy Joe is getting money from the same places the Clintons did, right, the the Northeast and California, it means he's not, he's not pulling it in in the states he really needs to win, right? He's not getting all those little donations from. Michigan and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. So, you know, the thing I've always been worried about is not that, that Biden would really win. It's just that they would steal it, right? They tried to steal it last oh. time with the <clears throat> deep right. state FBI apparatus. They've had four years to think about how to pull it off this time. And they're totally incompetent. doesn't mean they can. But my worry mm-hmm. is they, they have the backstop covered this time and, and they'll, they'll just take it.
1: Yeah. Well, I think you're right on that. I mean, I think that is the that is what you have to worry about. All right. Well, a week a week from today, we'll be in the middle of Election Day. We'll, we'll find out more. We'll talk again soon. Dr. Brett M. Decker, uh, New York Times bestselling author, professor of the youth at Defiance College. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Thank you, Dr. Decker. All right. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment.
0: This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a national volunteer organization founded by Phyllis Schlafly and continuing to uphold her legacy by opposing radical feminism and representing a traditional conservative perspective in our nation's capital. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. In
1: 2016, candidate Donald Trump's contract with the American voter promised he would not only deport criminal illegal aliens, but that he would cancel visas to foreign countries that won't take them back it only makes sense if a dangerous criminal passes illegally from another nation into the united states it's not the job of the american taxpayers to take on the expense of their care their country of origin should take them back and imprison them on their own dime however some nations routinely refuse to take their criminals back they knew america's weak politicians would never make them do the right thing Candidate Trump promised this would come to an end. Sure enough, the Trump administration issued visa sanctions against Sierra Leone, Eritrea, Cambodia and Guinea when they refused to take back their criminals. Not only did this bold move put pressure on those nations, but it also serves as a strong warning to the rest of the world that America will not act as an international babysitter for the world's criminals. Every nation must be responsible for her own citizens, just as the United States is for hers. It's not enough for us to take criminal aliens off the streets. If they're wanted for crimes in their home nation, they have no ties to our justice system. We have a hard enough time getting our own criminals through the courts. We don't need to burden ourselves with the criminals of other nations. The last thing we want to do is release them back onto the streets to wreak havoc on innocent Americans. Clearly the only course of action was to pressure nations to take back their own criminals. The rest of the world has taken advantage of America's goodwill for decades before Donald Trump came on the scene. Other presidents were either too intimidated to take a stand or they simply did not care about the problem. It took a man of bold conviction and an iron will to stand up against these international bullies. Once again, President Trump proved he would follow through on his promises to the American people.
0: This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Illegal immigration burdens our schools and social services and opens doors to criminals and terrorists. Outdated visa programs divert jobs from Americans. PhyllisSchlafly.com chronicles these outrageous unfair practices and provides answers. Go online to PhyllisSchlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
1: Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Thank you for listening. Just got a couple of minutes because we went long with those interviews. Um, and don't forget, you can go to ProAmericaReport.com and sign up for the Daily Wink. ProAmericaReport.com, sign up for the Daily Wink, and you can be a part of the um daily email i send out 5am pacific time goes out 6am mountain time 7am uh excuse me yeah 6am um 6am mountain time 7am central time and 8am on East Coast, so all those times you can get that uh, and tune in there. Um, and uh, I think I might have messed that up. Anyway, there you go. That's right. No, that's right. Okay. Um, and um, so here's what I want to finish with. I do want to finish with a description of how um, strange social media is. Because what happens on social media, and I encourage you not to pay attention to it too much, um, especially on Twitter in the political world, but also on Facebook and other places, Instagram and all, but on Twitter, you see people react and they react in ways that I think if they had to pause and, you know, if they wrote it down on a piece of paper and had to fold it the whole, and then put it in an envelope, address the envelope and mail it, they might rethink it. But because you just have to type real quickly and send it. So there's a, there's a woman named Amy Siskind who is really really liberal and you know again she has a shtick that she does i think it succeeds for her she's she does the weekly list website um she's just a lefty leftist activist you know kind of a um kind of a character on the left but she tweeted uh what i thought was just marvelous that she couldn't control herself because she was so infuriated by amy coney barrett and so she said please use barrett Not ACB, the initials. She does not deserve the benefit of RBG's legacy. She is the antithesis of all RBG stood for. Now, first of all, it's funny to watch people go crazy when they lose and then they react, but it's not funny. I mean, they feel strongly. I mean, it's kind of funny, but it's, you know, you look at it and say, okay, what are they worried about? The good news about Amy Siskins tweet is she's right she's not right about Amy Coney Barrett, Coney Barrett being not worthy of it, but Ruth Bader Ginsburg is the antithesis of um, Amy Coney Barrett. Amy Coney Barrett was not an activist in her private life. She was not someone who plotted how to manipulate the Constitution. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, although in her later years she was sort of lionized as a an exercising 80 plus year old woman, she was an activist who, who used governor, government tax dollars to write a report that advocated for changes to the definition of marriage, changes to the, the role of, uh, of uh, men and women in life. They promoted the ERA, promoted abortion, all those things that she did before she went on the bench. She was with the ACLU. Then when she got on the bench, she was a very, very savvy, manipulative player for stretching and using the Constitution for her political ends. She admitted that. That's how she saw it. Amy Coney Barrett has been a um, how to say sort of humble, limited in her approach to her life as a as a believer or, and as well. No, her, her life as a believer has informed what she does, adoption and other things. But she's very clear that on the bench, she thinks she's limited by the Constitution and by God's plan, God's law and isn't going to be someone who's so arrogant that they can do everything. They can make every decision for all the people, which is what Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So Amy Siskins right in this case, in a particular way. All right, I got to run. I'm out of time. Thank you for listening. It's Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report. Thank you to Randy for getting the show going and keeping us on. Joanna for and book guests and all of you for listening. Visit ProAmericaReport.com and we will talk again tomorrow. It's Ed Martin, Pro-America Report. <laughs>